Welcome to episode two of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. We are your hosts, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster. Thank you so much for joining us. Stephen, how are you? I am fantastic, sir. Highly caffeinated and ready for an excellent show today. Number two of season two. two. Excellent. So, okay, here's here's what I want to do. Before we go any further with the show, today marks a very solemn day in the history of the United States. And today is, as everybody knows, 9-11. And 20 years ago, it's been 20 years now, Steve. So before we go any further, I would like us to observe a moment of silence for the over 3,000 people who died in those uh, terrorist acts on our soil. So moment of silence. Thank you so much for joining us in that moment of silence as we remember those who died over 20 years ago. And uh, hopefully something like that will never happen again on American soil. So, you know, Stephen, so what do we got on today's show? We have a, we have a really, really big show for, uh, for our viewers. Well, you know, uh, I, I, I kind of want to go back to your 9-11 thing. Um, okay. But, but we've got... An awesome, awesome guest today, Jerry Pauly. Jerry Pauly, I, I can't wait to be pulling the pull. Hey, yo, Pauly! I, I can't wait to be pulling that, man. I've been waiting for a guest. You know what? I booked him just for that. No, I'm kidding. Kidding, Jerry. Jerry's a great guy. He's an author like you and me. Uh, mm-hmm. Very like-minded when it comes to the paranormal. Now, he's not so much uh, a researcher like you and I. Um, But he has his story of his haunting and kind of, you know, what molded him and he runs and operates and hosts one of the most successful podcasts on the Internet. Um, And this guy is just awesome. We're going to do a creature of the week before we bring Jerry on, which is your baby. What's this? What's this baby called? We are going to be talking about the Ultima Ha Ha. It's a very, very clunky name for a very sleek a uh, river and lake monster that's found in the Altamaha River and um, lake system of Georgia. Well, usually... And we had a great video. People refer to me as the ultimate ha-ha, but, you know, mm-hmm. hey. I don't know who any of these people are. I, you, you would. Oh, you would. oh wait, 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 wait. Those are the same people that call you the world's sexiest ghost hunter. That's right. If you noticed, I yep. change on my Skype now. It reflects that award that I keep mm-hmm. winning year after yep. year. But, you know, I did want to touch base with 9-11 because you're a close friend of mine, Rick, and 
This is something that I purposely do every 9-11 for the past 20 years. Okay. Um, I do two things. One okay. is I go to YouTube, and I watch what happened mm -hmm. every year. And the biggest thing that I do is I listen to those voicemails left by those people that were on those yeah. airplanes. And every year... I fucking cry, man. Because that is like one of the most horrible fucking things. Can you imagine being on the receiving end and listening to that message? No, I can't. And I just, I don't know what to say. But to the families out there, for you and for the people that lost their lives, I do this every year. And I always ask a close friend of mine, where were you the moment it happened? I was at work. I was at work that morning. It was when I was working at the Allendale Association. I was working the overnight shift. Did that for 16 years. And, um, you know, I, I, I worked with kids that have uh, behavioral and learning disorders and that kind of thing. And um, we're getting the kids ready to go to school. We never turned the TV on in the morning because it was just a distraction. So we're getting kids ready to go to school and to the dining hall and all that. And one of my coworkers runs in and he's like, Oh my God, an airplane just flew into the, into the uh, world trade center. And, um, so that's where I was. And I, I remember running home and watching it all on TV. And I was, I will admit, I was terrified. I'm like, is this the start of world war three? Yeah. So that's where I was. I remember it vividly, and, and I always talk to my good friend George today, and I'll be calling him after this show, because him and I were together, and we ran a music store at the time. Um, now he owns and operates his own comic and collectible store, which nice. is really cool, and he just made his big break. Uh, he goes by the stage name Tate Griffin, um, mm -hmm. but he just made his big break uh in stand-up, and he is oh, doing some... congratulations. Yes. He is... Uh, congratulations, George, or I mean Tate, but he is doing some major, major gigs with some major people. But him and I Excellent. were together, and we were... The, the store that we... The Keyboard keyboard World was the name of the store, and, and mm -hmm. we were like the best salesmen in that store because we were musicians. Yeah. And uh, the owner had asked us to go to Morgantown, West Virginia for a guitar sale. So this was about an hour from home. And we get there, and we're getting everything ready for this guitar sale, and we hear on the radio that the World Trade Center's been hit. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck? This can't be real. This can't be real. So we're trying to get a hold of our wives, okay? Well, mm -hmm. I had my wife and I had crappy fucking track phones, you know, yeah. that, that back then. And there was no getting a hold of her. She was actually going back to school, so she was in college. You know, mm -hmm. so we shut the music store down thinking we're going to lose our jobs. Our main goal was to get an hour back home to yeah. our wives and our children. Okay, my daughter, because we didn't know what the hell was going on. And where we lived, mm -hmm. you know, the Pentagon's this direction. You know, I mean, it was D.C.'s not far away, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, man, and I will never forget us racing home. Of course, the owner didn't fire us, you know, but... I will never forget that day, man. And 
I just, like I said, I, I appreciate when, when you said you wanted to do the moment of silence, I'm like, yeah, man, we can talk about this because this is something that should be never forgotten. You have to, you know, I was really, you know, you mentioned the, um, the Pentagon. We were just in DC back in July. Now I had always thought that the Pentagon was out somewhere in the country. No, it is right smack dab in the middle of the city. And I was like, I, I couldn't believe it that that there's this huge building right in the middle of the city, right over the Potomac, and um, this plane just hits it. I, I I was I was truly amazed by that. Yeah, it's real close to to uh, my NCIS headquarters. Yeah, sure it is. It is. Uh, <laughs> it's not just a TV show, Rick. No, I know that. I know that. But um, yeah, I. I uh, it's um, it is something that I will never forget. Something that will never be forgotten. My mom at the time was working for Kemper Insurance, and they had offices in the um, in the World Trade Center, and uh, some of the people that she knew, two people who died that day. Well, speaking of bad things, and and, and not not making a joke here, but things that crash into other things. Since we're on the subject, mm-hmm. yesterday. I read, what you looking at, Bitsy? Huh? I, I I went to the store to get okay. some sodas. And I come back. I'm chilling there with the wife on the couch. We're getting ready to watch some horror movies or whatnot. And she goes, oh, my God, have you seen on Facebook? And I said, what? Dude, whew, it's giving me chills. <laughs> she said, look at what happened to Advanced Auto Parts. Okay, Advanced Auto Parts is right in town. It's one mm-hmm. of it's the store I passed to come home. And I'm, it's like two minutes from here, right? Yeah. A fucking tractor and trailer came off of the road and ran into the store, dude. Oh my goodness. So it's like I'm coming this way with with auto parts over here. The tractor and trailer was coming this way. Not at, not mm-hmm. while I was there, but I'm just kind of saying. So he had to come across the other lane through the parking lot and through the store. Luckily, nobody was hurt. I'll have to yeah. do that picture up and put it up on the screen for you guys to see. But this was two minutes away from me, five minutes after I passed that fucking store. Well, did did the driver have some kind of medical emergency or something? We're or? still wait. It it was a it, he was hauling military equipment. Sorry about that. I put it on put it on mute. Like like we were, you know, we were talking before. My allergies are so bad this year. Yeah. Well, look, let's let's take a quick break, Rick. And when we come back, we're gonna come back with uh, the, the awesome, ultimate the, the ultimate haha. Yes. <laughs> we're gonna come back with that. So you guys stick around. Hey, my friends, check out my good friend Chris Beck and his work at All Around Art. From lifelike paintings to detailed sketches to phenomenal tattoo artistry, if you can dream it, Chris can bring it to life on canvas or your skin. His art has been showcased in published works such as the paranormal best-selling book Norman 2, The True Story of a Possessed Doll's Revenge. Visit him online at facebook.com slash allaround.art.54. 
Uh, all right, and welcome back to episode two of season two of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. We are your hosts, Stephen and Rick. So I heard that you were uh, talking to Terry. Yeah, before. That, uh, yeah. Yeah, he uh, was doing a show with Terry, Silent Slasher TV, you know, yeah. about, about horror movies, and he seemed to insinuate that he was a more interesting co-host. I mean, you know... Saying things like, well, at least you're not doing a show with Rick right now. I mean, oh. you know, I'm not trying to start anything. D yes, you, know, you are. Because, <laughs> you know me, I wouldn't do that. But i just just letting you know. That's all. Okay, all right. Yeah, so, uh, all right, Terry, if you, think I'm, if you think that you are so much better of a co-host than, you know, yours truly right here, I invite you to, you know, take over. You know, I mean, please. By all means. Hey, we you should know, bring him on the show one day, you know? We sh we absolutely should. We absolutely should. Yeah. So, um, so hey, if Terry thinks he's awesome, you know, I mean, he's, you know, first off, he is a Canadian. So, you know, he's got that awesomeness going for him there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll bring him on. It'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, fantastic. Okay. With we'll Floppy plan. heads. We'll, we'll plan. Hey there, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd be great. We can ask him about his haunted apartment and be like, hey, Terry, could you tell us what that's all about? A boot. <laughs> <laughs> we so, have ways of making you say the letter O. <laughs> yes. So, and it's not like my wife does, if you know what I'm saying. Um, anyways, <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, well, that's a shame. Uh, so let's hear about your uh, Adirondack monster. Adirondack monster. No, actually, okay, so here at the Shadow Initiative when it comes to um, creatures, monsters, cryptozoological specimens, whatever you choose to call them. We like to bring you the ones that you really, that people don't really hear about. Correct, Steve? Correct. Okay, so you got your Loch Ness monsters, and you got your your uh, your your Vorax of Lake Vorak, but this one is it's really weird. It's and it has a very weird name to go along with it. It is known as the Ultimaha Ha. So it's it doesn't really roll off the tongue like Loch Ness monster or champ of Lake Champlain. No, it is the Ultima Haha. And the Ultima Haha is a river and lake monster that is found in the um, Ultima Haha River system and lake in Georgia. And we have a video for people to see. You want to want to throw that up? Yeah, there yeah. We're gonna throw the video up. Rick can keep talking about the ultimate ha ha. Okay. No, he's not referring to me. Just no. just now tuning in. This was shot down in Georgia. You know, yeah. and it is interesting. I've watched this video and watched this video, and it's got flippers, whatever the fuck. You know, it just doesn't look like something that's native to the area. This is shot no. by a civilian, you know, right. just a standard, you know, sit everyday citizen looking for monsters. Normal mm -hmm. thing, normal thing. Yeah, you yeah, know? that's what people do. So, They're I mean, Rick, what, what's your take on this thing, man? So, here's the thing. Now, this creature, um, this is not something that is fairly new. The Ultima Haha has actually um, has its roots in in old Muscogee Native American legends. Correct. So they have been seeing this creature 
for literally centuries. And they, and they think that it is some kind of monster. Now, there are one of two things that this creature could be, this Ultima Han. I, I, I can't help but laugh because it is such a funny, you know, monster to call it. So it looks like it's, you know, got like a head and some flippers and a long tail. So it's kind of got that sort of messy look to it. But here's the thing. So there are two, like, actual creatures that the Ultima Haha ha could possibly be. One, it could be a lake sturgeon. Now, you all right there, buddy? Yeah, yeah, I just about knocked something down. Go ahead. Okay, so lake sturgeons, they are um, uh, indigenous to the area. People do catch them there. And, and the lake sturgeon has been blamed for a lot of uh, river and lake monster sightings, you know, throughout the history of cryptozoology. Okay, so it could very well be that. Okay, but there is another creature that this could be, and it is very rare, but it is a real aquatic animal. It's a fish, and it's what's known, it's what's called the frilled shark. Now, I think that I sent you a video for that, if we could put that up there as well. Mm -hmm. So the, the frilled shark looks just like this creature. It's got a long tail, front flippers, but it doesn't have the long head. Now, if I'm going to, you know, bet money on what this could possibly be, it could very well be the frilled shark. But, and there's always a but involved in this, the frilled shark is found in uh, waters around Japan and in Asia. It's not something that's found here. And it's an endangered species, and it's extraordinarily rare. So it is unlikely that it would make it all the way to some lake or river in Georgia. So those are the two things that it could be, or the three, third thing that it could be is this could be a truly unknown species of aquatic animal. So, you know, Steve, what are your thoughts? Is seeing the video of the frilled shark, seeing the video of that this uh, person took uh, uh, at, at the Ultima. Ah, sorry, that's my dog. Um, my wife and son are home. So what do you think? Do you think that this could be a real cryptozoological creature or it could be one of the two that I mentioned? Well, you know, cryptozoological means it just hasn't been identified yet scientifically. Correct. You know, so we, we discover new species all the time. Right. You know, and it's very possible, like you suggested, that it is just something that hasn't been cataloged yet. Um, right. You know, you mentioned an alternative, and I'll mention one. It could be a hellbender. You know, and I don't know what that is. the 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 only problem I have with that is hellbenders are native to where I grew up. Oh, okay. Well, hold on a second. What's a hellbender? Because I've never heard of that before. Basically, a three to four foot long salamander. Okay. If and this want, is about how long this is. If you want to visualize that. And I have seen these little motherfuckers, and they have scared the fuck out of me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they come from my neck of the woods, western Maryland, West Virginia. And uh, there, there's an area we would go and we would swim up in the mountains. And I was kind of standing knee deep on a rock in this, this area. And this area is so cool, Rick. It's an yeah. abandoned mine, Ooh, nice. okay, that filled up with water. So okay. if you had scuba gear, it's on my on my uh, bucket list. I want to get scuba gear and go down and actually go through this mine in the water. Who knows what I'd find? Probably death. 
Okay. But, okay, with that being said, I was standing there on the rock, and this thing brushed by my foot. And when you see something, you know, four foot fucking, like, what the goddamn shit, you know? <laughs> and that's that's when I learned what a fucking hellbender was. So, you know, you know, considering the fact that I don't like being in water to begin with, especially naturally occurring water and lakes and rivers and the ocean, I would probably have a heart attack well, upon, upon feeling and seeing something like that. I mean, that. I was like 16 or 17, so, you know, I was still good in that department, but... Mm -hmm. um, that's a possibility. It's something that fits the description. It's aquatic, but but the hellbenders can also come on land as well. So it's kind of more like That's a amphibian. like an yeah like an alligator, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, the ultimate haha. -ha, it may just be the ultimate haha. -ha. Some motherfucker who came up with this idea, like I'm gonna make some shit up, and it's gonna be the ultimate haha. -ha. Yeah, but 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 here's the thing though. I mean, that that could very well be true because that does happen. Yeah. People do fake cryptozoological things, but like that I history. said, this 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 has a history going back centuries with the uh, the indigenous people to the area. So you know, we're we're left with it could be one of those hellbenders. It could be a lake sturgeon, which does get a lot of you know a lot of blame for lake monster sightings, or it could be one of these frilled sharks. Um, or it could very well be something that is completely unknown. Yeah. Well, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to wow you with a very awesome guest, Mr. Jerry Pauly. Um, he's going to have Can't a wait. lot of cool things to say. We're going to have a lot of cool conversations. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey, my friends, catch up on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV at our official website, shadowinitiativetv.com. Watch the show, learn more about the hosts, and read our paranormal blog, shadowinitiativetv.com. You can also find us and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash label13videos. Interact and like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV, where you can find endless videos, full episodes, paranormal talk, and so much more. All right, guys, today, Rick, we've got an awesome guy with us, Mr. Jerry Pauly. I told you I was going to do the joke, the Pauly. You know, Pauly. Like, hey, yo, Pauly. Anyways. Jerry is a host, an excellent host. He's a storyteller. He's been fascinated with the paranormal since he was a kid. He grew up in Fairdale, Kentucky, Rick. And okay. every week he does this awesome show, Hillbilly Horror Stories. It's one of my personal favorites, Rick. You've heard me talk about it a lot. I have. Um, he does a lot for people. Okay, this man is an author. He's a master storyteller. I consider him a philanthropist. He's a host of one of my personal favorites, extremely popular and loved show, Hillbilly Horror Stories. His name's Jerry Polly. Jerry is one of the most authentic, honest, and caring individuals I have ever met. He wears his heart on his sleeve, Rick. And he's just, he's an all-around cool dude. So we're excited to have him on the show. So ladies and gentlemen, Shadows, Rick's one fan that's probably his wife, my thousands of fans... And the ghosts that are always listening, we give you Mr. Jerry Polly. Welcome to the show, Jerry. What's going on, man? 
Hey, Jerry. Hey, and I, I don't know what I did to deserve that kind of uh, introduction, but uh, I mean, it's you all true, so I mean, I can't speculate anything else. You know, Jerry, there's, a, there's only one other person he talks about and like that, and that's himself. <laughs> hey, you see the well, hat? I, I can't compete with that. You see the hat? <laughs> Narcissistic, cool, intelligent Stephen. <laughs> So, hey, you know, Jerry, thank you so much for uh, joining us on the show. Um, Hibbly Horror Stories is that that's it's a fun show. It's fun to listen to. And it's a it's a really um, interesting title to the uh, for 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 the show. And that's uh, that's the name of your book as well. Correct. 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 Uh, it's it, You know, I wish I had some fantastic story about the, the title and the name. But the reality of it is, I was sitting around thinking, oh, what are we going to name this thing? And uh, I think I, I threw a couple of things around. And the main thing was, do I want to call it scary stories? Is it going to be horror? Is it going to be paranormal? And I mm-hmm. decided to go with horror. And uh, I thought initially the show was going to be just stories from the South. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the initial plan. And I thought, okay, well, Hillbilly, that's, that's South. And I'm a big alliteration fan, so... I thought, sure. you know, I wanted something to go with the horror, so hillbilly horror is kind of what came up. So it's yeah, nothing fantastic. It took me about five minutes. It is unique. Well, what I love is there are three of us now. We we are at a round table here of paranormal authors, and, and Rick and I love talking to paranormal authors. You know, mm-hmm. I love it because that's what I'm interested in. I love it because that means Rick talks less. So, <laughs> With that being said, I have had the privilege of actually reading Jerry's book, Rick. And okay. I like, when we when we interview somebody, Mr. Jerry, I, I, every superhero's got an origin story. Now, I, I know it because, you know, spoilers, folks. Um, Jerry, what happened to you? Can, you? can you give us the beginning, like, of where you got into the paranormal and how it happened? Well, when I was about 13 years old... Uh, before I get into it, let me let me say this because I appreciate the compliment. I will never consider myself to be an author, and I wrote a book, and that's probably as far as it's ever going to go. But the reality of it is, you guys write book after book. This is something that you strive for in a living. To me, it was a very painful process, not just reliving some of the stuff, but just the that's. It's not my area of expertise. I was lucky to have Diane students from uh, History Goes Thought Podcast. She is an excellent author, and she helped me uh, with, with guiding me along the way. But I have an utmost respect for people who are true authors that do that for a living, and I, I don't consider myself to be anywhere in your guys' category. So mm-hmm. I'll say that to start off. So, well, thank you, me. but you are an author. I, we, we would consider you that. <laughs> and I, and I'll Welcome to the club. I'll say, too, that, Jerry, honestly, I prefer something authentic like what you've written. You know, aside from your book, Keith Linder's book is the only other one I can think of that just has an authenticity because you're not trying to be an author. You know, like Keith. Keith isn't a paranormal investigator out in the field like me and Rick. You know what I mean? It's just genuine stories, and I, I like that realism, man. But go, but go ahead. All right, so we go back to Fairdale, Kentucky, which if, if those of you who are unfamiliar, Fairdale is just a suburb of Louisville. 
so it's uh, right on the outside there. But, but it's a, it definitely got a small town atmosphere. And uh, we had uh, grown up down closer to downtown Louisville. And like any place else, you go, you got the hustle and bustle of, of a bigger city. And uh, my parents had grown up out in Fairdale, and that's where they wanted us to grow up at. So when I was about 13 years old, we bought a house out there and moved in. And everything was kind of cool for about a year. Nothing uh, strange going on. But then I had a, a great-grandfather, my, my uh, mother's maternal grandparents uh, had raised her. And, and her grandfather got cancer and he passed away this devastated my mom my mother was uh at the time going through a severe bout of depression from this and of course back in we're talking the early 80s uh you know depression wouldn't talk about what it was i sure didn't know what depression was i just knew that she was going through a lot of a lot of trouble and uh looking back it was obviously a huge bout with depression and she was struggling with his death, because this was her father, even though it was technically her grandfather, this was who raised her. And uh, she was going through some situations to where she started getting real religious again. She was always semi-religious. We grew up Catholic, but she started to, you know, sometimes like you do when you're going through a rough patch, you kind of delve back heavily into religion, something mm-hmm. to lean on, and she did this. And one night we're sitting in the living room. It's just myself and, and, and her. I'm sitting with a sketchbook. I used to draw all the time back then. And I'm sitting next to her. I'm on a chair. She's on a couch calling the 700 Club, which uh, for those of you who haven't listened, as you know, I think it's still out there. But, I mean, obviously. It is. uh, Pat Robertson, maybe. Was that who that was? Yes. But it was one of the the guys out there. And then they would have the religious programming on, and they would have a prayer line at the bottom of the screen. And she called this prayer line. And so that's on the television. Uh, which is across the room from us. We're next to each other on the opposite end from where the television is. As she's on this prayer line, there's a, a, a little uh, miniature chair that was sitting on top of our television. And what this was, this was a pin cushion, basically. So the little chair seat would lift up, and you'd put your little sewing materials in there, and the rest of it was just where you stuck your needles. This thing's sitting on the television, and it had some house numbers that were made of metal because we just were doing some work on the house. We took them off the off the house, and it was sitting on there, plus a full bottle of Elmer's glue. So this thing was weighted down. Yeah. As she's talking to the prayer line, this little chair pops off of the, the console television and lands in the middle of the floor. Now, when I say pops off, I don't mean it split off or fell off from vibrations. I mean, it came up probably two feet in the air and landed several feet away from the television. This wasn't a knockoff or fall off. Everything in it just kind of scattered. And we just looked at each other as if to say, did you just see that? And we both had that same look of, yes, we both just saw that. She immediately tells who she's talking to on the phone on the prayer line, hey, I've got to go. And she hangs up the phone. Um, that was the first event that happened in the house. So we go to bed a couple hours later. This was probably um, uh, 7, 8 o'clock when this happened. I go to bed. It's about 11 o'clock. A few minutes later, my mom comes in the room, and she's like, hey, I need you to come into the living room. There's some noises going on, stuff going on up in the attic. And we had an attic in the house, but the attic was basically – just the rafters and some insulation. There wasn't flooring up there. 
So we had some stuff up there you could store, like Christmas trees and stuff in the box, but a, they had to be laying across the rafters. There was no way to, to walk up there. Mm-hmm. So we're hearing this. She says she hears this noise and it's scooting around, like furniture moving around up there. When I go up there, I, I sit with her for a while, but I don't hear anything. So eventually I go back to bed. The next night, she comes and gets me again roughly the same time. This time, though, I go in the living room and went in just a couple of seconds. I hear stuff, and I can equate it to if you have, like, a heavy wood dresser on a wooden floor and you scoot it, you know, that sound that it makes? Mm-hmm. That's what it was. It was like wood on wood, heavy wood on wood moving. Nothing was up there that could have made that sound. Like I said, a couple of boxes, that was it. Mm-hmm. And uh, kind of freaked us out a little bit. The next morning, uh, I went up there and checked it out just to see – what was going on? Definitely wasn't going up there that night, but uh, there was there was nothing nothing up there that could have been moving. No, you know, and my dad just automatically assumed that he wouldn't admit there'd be anything in the house to save his life. He he, my dad's kind of crazy. He would tell you that he don't believe in that kind of stuff, but then he'll tell you as a story about when his uh, grandmother passed away and she came and visited him. And I'm like, okay, you don't you just said you don't believe in that, but then you're gonna tell me a story about what a ghost did. But that's that's my bad. I think he'd rather just not believe it than to deal with it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, so that's kind of what kicked stuff off. But for about five years after that, there was constant uh, a barrage of either stuff like that happening or it was uh, situations like uh, voices that I would hear in my bedroom. You could hear voices coming through the, uh, the ductwork, front of ductwork. And it was always like three voices. It was like two males and a female. I could, I could make that out. But I couldn't ever make out what was being said. It was conversations, but that was it. But it became uh, it became something that happened so often. I, I saved up money from doing yard work and babysitting to buy a stereo from Kmart. I'll never forget. <coughs> I go and bought this little stereo that I could sit up right next to my bed. Literally, I mean, if I rolled over, my arm hit it. To where if I started hearing these noises, I could just turn the stereo on. But yeah. I mean, it was. Nothing really ever seemed malignant except for one occasion, my freshman, a freshman year of high school. I'm in my bedroom. It's early in the morning. It's a, it's a day of a big rivalry football game. I went to a, a, a really well-known high school by the name of St. X uh, back in Louisville. Their rival was Trinity, and uh, those two schools actually have national reputations for their football. So it's my freshman year of high school. The game's that night. I'm excited can't wait, and I'm laying in bed early. It's like 6 o'clock in the morning, and I'm up just because I'm so excited. Dark outside. There's uh, nothing going on, no wind or anything like that. And I start hearing a noise that I, I, I've never been able to explain this day. It almost sounded like a grunting. And uh, mm. I could hear like a... Uh, uh. And I'm like... It sounded like a sick cow. That's the only thing I could equate it to at the time. It sounded like a, a move of a cow that sounded sick. And I'm okay. going through my head. You know, we do live in semi-suburb, countryish type setting, but it's still a, a subdivision. And I'm trying to think of who might have animals, livestock or something, in our neighborhood. And I know around the corner from the house, there's a guy named Joey that his family had some animals and stuff, but they didn't have cows stuff and I'm, I'm i'm just trying to make sense of what i'm hearing and this thing is continually uh not every second but every couple of minutes i hear that Ooh. i'm thinking damn well then this noise starts getting a little bit quicker and louder it turns into a, Ooh. 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 
Well, all of a sudden, I start hearing a, and then a bam, something smacks on my window, which is literally right by my head, because my headboard was right next to the window. Mm-hmm. It freaked me out so bad. It's the scariest I've, I, I had ever been in my life up to that point. You know, by this time, I'm, you know, 14 years old, 14 and a half, whatever the, the age of a freshman would be. I get up, I run to my living room, and I sit in the chair in my living room until it got daylight. I walk outside to see if there's anything outside the window that could have been causing it. Nothing. Nothing. There's nothing that could have caused a tapping. There's no no kind of uh, any debris laying around that could have blown. The weather was fine. There was no issues with that. But to this day, I don't know what that was, but it's one of the scariest I've ever been in my life. So I have a I have a quick question because you brought up you know your family had had was very religious. How did they reconcile um, their? How, how did you reconcile your belief system with the activity that was going on in your house? I don't know that we actually did because you know you got to know that my family growing up they were Baptist, mm-hmm. and then when I was in about sixth grade they converted to Catholicism. And then we went through through all that. Uh, you know, now we're I'm in the ninth grade, so it only been three years since we converted to Catholicism. And to be honest with you, the family wasn't real religious. I mean, we would go to church on holidays, and well, we sure. were I was in Catholic school from sixth grade on, so we went to church on a regular basis. But we didn't go to church every Sunday. And as we moved out away from our church, we were really close to our church when we lived downtown. But as we moved out there, we kind of stopped going to church. We found a local church, but it didn't have the same appeal. Uh, as what the other one did, and and uh, you know, I think it's just like so we kind of stopped doing all that until this happened, and then she started getting a little more into it. But as, as I attested to, she was calling the Seven Hundred Club, and they're not Catholic, you know. So I think oh, she yeah. was kind of grasping at straws, and uh, and just trying to get it. But I don't think we ever really, uh, I don't think we ever tied the two together to try to find a reason. It was just like whatever's happening now is happening. And we wasn't going to try to find a reason religious-wise on why it was happening. Or uh, I know because you know a lot of the, a lot of um, religions out there, whether it be Catholic, Baptist, whatever. But there's a lot of people that they don't believe in the paranormal because the Bible says don't believe in the paranormal to them. I'm not saying that's what it says, but that's right. what they get out of the Bible. Is you know you got you know, and to me it's always been hey, you've got a Jesus who according to the Bible, died, came back to life. You've got, you know, other people who died and came back to life, like Lazarus, you know, with, mm-hmm. I mean, and God is supposed to be this spirit. So, I mean, to me, that all kind of fits kind of in the paranormal realm, where I, I would think if you would believe in that, you would believe in the paranormal, but there's so many people who don't. But we weren't one of those families. We we definitely mm-hmm. believed there was paranormal stuff going on. Well, the yeah, only, the only, I was just going to say... Only reason that I asked was because you brought it up. Sorry, Stephen, go ahead. Now I was just gonna say I always tell people the Bible was is the most paranormal book ever written, but that's a whole other conversation. But let, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about the evolution to the Jerry Polly that we know now. Those things in between. So guys, stick around. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? Email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. 
Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. All right, guys, welcome back to Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV with your hosts, Rick Hale, Stephen Lancaster, and today we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Jerry Pauly. He was just telling us about the haunted house, the haunting he grew up with. And, you know, what I want to ask you, Jerry, is there's like this gap of time as far as the, you know, the hillbilly horror stories and, and the story of, uh, you know, your haunting, you know, was, was the interest always there? Like, I guess what I'm saying is what motivated you to kind of start doing the show and just doing all things paranormal? Well, that's a good question. Obviously, this is what sparked my interest in the paranormal, and, and I love the paranormal. And I, I lived for Halloween time so that they would turn around and, and put these episodes of uh, television shows on that you would never see other than Halloween time. And uh, Me too. So I grew up, I, I remember my senior year of high school, I actually did my senior thesis on the satanic worshiping and stuff like that. So, I mean, it, it was something that never really went away from an interest. Uh, as I got older, after I went through a divorce, I started uh, doing stand-up comedy and uh, loved it, loved being in front of a crowd. Anybody who tells you they get into entertainment, whether it be a guitar player or a singer or a you know, podcaster or, in my case, a comedian, it's because you, you like that attention that's focused on you. And uh, I really enjoyed the feedback from the audience. And I did that for, I've done it for 15 years, kind of gotten out of it now since I started the podcast. But after doing it for a while, being a road comic, you kind of get burnt out on, on that part of it, not having a, a true home life. So I started doing more local shows and uh, loved it. But man, I had to do everything. I had to be the one to set up the event. I had to be the one to promote it. I had to be the one to get all the comedians together and make sure they show up and Man, it was a it was a pain, uh, and I really lived just for that thirty minutes that I would be on stage, and hated the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But I would get out of it, and then turn around and be like, after a couple of months, man, I really missed being on stage and getting that feedback, and I'd always go back to it. So when I started listening to podcasts, I, I listened to one called uh, Real Ghost Stories Online, and it was a husband and, and wife team, Tony and Jenny Brewski at the time. And I was like, hey, this is really cool. They're, they're, they're doing a podcast, and they're talking about what I like, but they're also adding humor to it. I think this is something I could do. Now, you would probably think by what I just told you that my initial plan would be, let's start a podcast with, with my wife and do what they do. And I went the exact opposite. I had a friend that I worked with by the name of Ricky, and we used to have constant talks about paranormal, we worked together. And uh, he was really fun, man. We, we just enjoyed each other. And we, I, I told him one time, I said, man, I bet if people could listen to this, they would really enjoy some of these, these chats that we had. Well, this is before I knew about podcasts. And once I figured it out, I immediately went to Ricky and said, hey, if I do this, do you want to be my co-host? And he said, yes. So we did that for eight episodes. And right smack at the beginning. We put the very first episode out, and then I found out I had, had to buy open-heart surgery. Mm. So 
I was like, okay. So I said, but I'm dedicated, dude. I'm a, I'm a worker at, at heart. I've always been a worker no matter what I did. And I told him, I said, well, here's what we're going to do. I said, uh, this was on a Wednesday after I found that out the next Tuesday I was having open heart surgery. So I said, here's what we're going to do this weekend, and we're going to record two episodes. It'll be the one for this weekend. I probably won't fill up the recording the next week since it'll be like five days after I've had surgery. So we'll do two episodes. And that's what we did. So we had the episode for the following week done in advance. And then after that, we just kept going. In five years, we've never missed an episode. My wife's father's passed away. Uh, we've had other relatives uh, pass away. I've had open heart surgery. She's had uh, a couple of heart attacks in the meantime. We've never missed an episode. We just we just don't. That's, uh, that's our mentality. Matter of fact, when her father passed away, we had a live event at the Stalling House in Atchison, Kansas. And he passed away that uh, Tuesday, and that event was that weekend, and we even still made that event. And the funeral was actually put off to that following Monday to allow us to be able to go finish this event because it was a sold-out deal, and we didn't want to let people down. So yeah. that's that's just our, our mentality. But we, we, we do this first eight episodes, and Ricky really um, – the conversations that we had before that were so awesome – they didn't really play out the same way with a mic in front of our faces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the chemistry wasn't quite there on air as it was off air. And then also Ricky had a lot going on. Ricky had five kids that were and a full-time job. So we couldn't keep our schedules really straight. And he, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, when it comes to working, like I said, I'm a workhorse. I don't, I don't like excuses. And we had to record one Sunday night. We were on the way to see my, my wife's father. And I get a call from Ricky. He says, hey, I, I, can't, I can't make it tonight. I can't record. And this is, we record and put the episode out right afterwards. So it was the same day. And it kind of irritated me. So I told my wife, who actually wanted to be my partner to begin with, and I, I, you know, I always talk about it being like I love Lucy, how Lucy always wants to be on the show with Desi. And, uh, and you know, she's got kind of a history with this. Her father was a well-known bluegrass musician and, She's got tapes of her being on the radio because he did a radio show also, a local radio show. He, she's got tapes of her being on the radio show when she was like 11, 12 years old singing and stuff. So she's, she's been around, you know, uh, show business and, and being on a microphone her entire life. And she's like uh, 97 now, so that's a long time. Uh, but we go ahead and I tell her, I said, you know what, uh, Ricky can't do the show tonight. I'm going to have you do it. And she says, well, I don't know what the episode's about. I'm like, that's okay. Just uh, It's going to be on rock and roll in the occult. And I said, I was going to do most of it. I did most of the research on this anyway. So all you got to do is listen and respond. And that's what she did, and people loved it. Ricky came back and did episode 10 and 11. And then uh, we decided for episode 12 on, it was going to be just Tracy. And uh, that's been the secret to our success. I don't, I don't think uh, it would have ever been what it's turned out to be if we'd have just stuck with Ricky and myself. It was more, I mean, it was just, it was more of a 20-minute episode. Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, all right there, buddy? Yeah, I'm fine. But it was, uh, with Ricky and myself, it was more uh, adult-oriented. Uh, it was a lot more, you know, jokingly around. It wasn't really meant to be funny. And uh, like I said, it was more blue co- or blue-type comedy. And... Uh, I had somebody once tell me it was like listening to two guys at a bar just talk, which kind of was what we were going for. But 
with Tracy, we ended up becoming more of a family type show, and it toned down a little bit. But uh, the show now, as it speaks, is uh, instead of you know, it's just me telling the story and her reacting, and she never knows what the story's going to be. So, it, but it's worked for us, and now we're five years in and over 500 episodes, and it's kind of a kind of a cool thing. We make a living doing this now, which we didn't think we'd ever get to do. Well, I think it's incredible. I think it's incredible the way things work out. I was I, I was trying to contain myself, Jerry, because I've been trying to get rid of Rick for a long time, and 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 to, <laughs> just can't do it. And I'm to hear your it. story with a Rick, I mean, it's like we're connected. You know what I mean? Like you had a Rick, <laughs> and it wasn't working out. You know, I have a Rick, and it really doesn't work out. You know, so it's maybe I need to bring my wife in. Maybe you just gave me the answer. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. I just play. Hey, you know what? I'm 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 sure I could find something better to do on a set on a Sunday afternoon. Nah. Nah. That is incredible. You know, Jerry, I mean, I'm not just saying it and, and Rick will be the first to tell you I'm the most brutally honest person out there. Um, to a fault. And, and yeah. you know, I'm impressed with what you've done. With, with with hillbilly horror stories i wish we could accomplish that with this show it's and, definitely one of the most successful shows out there right now but what i really really like about it is there's such a a, a humanistic quality to it i mean you 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 push stuff for cancer which is important for me you know with my grandson having cancer um you know rick and i were talking about 9-11 before you came on to the show and, and you know, I know that that's that hits you too because you have a wall of heroes on your website. Mm -hmm. You want to tell people about that, like what that means to you? Yeah, we uh, our son is a marine. Uh, he's he's not currently in service, but once a marine, always a marine. And my dad was a marine, and it's just something that I was never in the military. It was something I looked at uh, straight out of high school of doing and decided not to. And it's just something that I have always valued our military our civil servants you know there's people out there that put their lives on the line every day whether it be a police officer whether it be a fireman whether it be uh, in the military and most of the time for very little money comparatively speaking for what they they have to do for that money and uh, I, I think those people don't ever get the credit they deserve and i wanted to make sure that they do get the credit they deserve on our show so we we start off every show thinking all of our military and civil servants all over the world, and not just the United States. I mean, our allies as well, you know, Great Britain, Australia, we, they're all out there putting their life on the line every day. And, you know, ambulance drivers and, and what have you, like I said, they, they, don't, they don't get the credit they deserve. It's a thankless job. So we wanted to make sure we did that, and we wanted to make sure that on our website we had a wall of heroes. So if somebody ever wanted to send a picture of, of uh, themselves or one of their loved one that uh, is is a civil servant will be more than happy to throw it up on our wall and give them a little bit of uh, uh, prestige there. Outstanding, Rick. I'm I'm kind of like <laughs> you. You got you got something for Jerry here. I don't I don't mean to be taking like all of the limelight because I never do that. No, not, not, not you, you. You're fine, but I. Yeah, I, I saw I saw on your website, Jerry, that you do a lot, and you also um, you know talked about cancer. Um, myself as a survivor, so I just wanted to say, you know, thank you for, um, you know, doing that kind of, that, you know, that kind of work to bring more attention to it. And we had some friends come to us that are a part of Paranormal Kick Cancer, 
and mm-hmm. uh, we had them on the show, and I, I thought it was a fantastic organization. They go out and they do paranormal events where all the money goes towards the, the charity, and uh, I thought it was fantastic, and, and uh, we wanted to jump on board as soon as we could. So. Yeah, very good. So let's talk about some of the stories. Now, the hillbilly horror stories, I mean, you got you got to love the name of it but what what are some of your favorite stories that you told on the show i think my favorite all-time story period when it comes to paranormal is probably the bell witch yeah i think uh i think it's just got so much credibility to it it's got so many different facets <laughs> to it uh, I, I love that one um we do a lot of the lesser known stories on on the show as well though and mm-hmm. i it's because you're doing a show as long as we have for <laughs> uh, every week, you start running out of the big, big stories. So you got to, to fish around to find the small ones, and not only the uh, not small ones, but the lesser known ones. But you got to find the lesser known ones and still have a lot of info, and it makes right. it tougher and tougher each week. But no, oh, I know that. that was, it's it's definitely one of my favorite ones. Uh, we actually had uh, some good guests on, but we had Father Gary Thomas on the episode. Uh, that was one of my favorites. He was actually the priest that the, the movie and the book, The Right, was based on. And he got to talk to us about exorcisms and the, and the reality of what's, what's out there as opposed to what you see on TV. Mm-hmm. What, what do you see on TV that actually is pretty realistic compared to what's not? That was actually one of my favorite episodes, just to be able to talk to somebody that's a legend in the field and be able to, to, to get, you know, the uh, straight from the horse's mouth, I guess, so to speak. Sure. Well, I, I was going to suggest uh, to Jerry, um, I don't know if you're familiar with Ghost Watch. Do, do, do you remember any of that? Well, Rick kind of pays yeah. homage to Peter Underwood. He's this guy that um, did a thing called Ghost Watch where he told ghost stories. Well, Rick does a segment on this show each week, you know, four to six minutes long, and it's, it's stories from all over the world. And if you're ever looking for material, look up Ghost Watch. No. I mean, because it's it's unique. Really? St- I mean, it's unique stuff. I mean, I'm in this field 110%, and much of what Rick talks about, I've never even heard of. And these are good stories, you know. That's the good thing that there are a lot of great stories out there that just don't get the coverage that some of the other uh, stories out there get. Like I said. People people say how much do you spend time wise on the show, which we put out right now uh, three or four original episodes every week. We do a couple of like we do a UFO story every week, but it's, these are shorter episodes. Mm-hmm. But our regular bread and butter Hillbilly Horror Story episode that comes out on Sunday night, I spend about twenty five hours on that thirty minute episode, and it'll be longer than thirty minutes. And we'll have a guest on, and, and like we've had uh, obviously you on talking about the show and. We'll put that at the end. So these episodes end up being a lot of times 45, 50 minutes to an hour. But our main episode on whatever story we're doing is usually about 30 minutes. But that 30 minutes takes about 20 to 25 hours a week to find, research, uh, write out the script, and then actually do the recording on it. So. Okay, cool. Well, look, let's take, yeah. let's take a quick break. When we come back, I, I still have a preponderance of questions for Jerry. So, Rick, if you've got any, just butt in, man. You, I mean... Of course, but I mean, I, I would if, if if you have a bunch of questions, go right ahead, man. I'll just piggyback. Hey, you know, however it works. So, guys, we will be right back. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? 
Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you true case files of a paranormal investigator and dark spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. Uh, welcome back, guys, to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. You are watching Season 2, Episode 2, with our very special guest here, Jerry Polly. And Jerry, you know, I wanted to ask you something because, again, I, I, I love all of the, I don't know, just the good-hearted things that you do because the paranormal field is so diluted with just, look at me, the fascism, I want to be on TV, you know, if you're not Zach Baggins, you're nothing, you know, that kind of thing. But I do want to ask you a serious paranormal question. Okay. Now... Now your book, okay? You you call uh, earlier on, you know, hillbilly horror stories. You know, I look at it as from hell to high water, demons, depression, and redemption presented by hillbilly horror stories. But the depression part's what really gets me, and this is my question to you: is I see this a lot in the field that people who are in the field suffering from depression, or people who are suffering from depression are involved in a haunting. Do you believe in any way? that your depression may have derived from growing up and, you know, surrounded by a haunting? No, I don't. Uh, and and I, one of the things, I know this sounds kind of crazy looking back and it takes so long to figure it out. But my mother passed away uh, back about almost 15 years ago now. And, and she never really got better. Her depression spiraled and spiraled and spiraled. And that, that caused a a, a numerous amount of other health problems. As you know what they say, that you can kind of cause your body to kind of go downhill with oh, mentally yeah. there too. Jeez. And that's what happened to her. She was only 54 when she passed away. And she was never the same after this started. Now, most of the paranormal activity only lasted about five years. And then it kind of went after that. You know, we, we talk about the fact that her grandfather passed away, which kind of started all this. But her grandmother passed away four months later. So she lost both of them over a four-month period, and that only continued to make things spiral. Now, looking back, uh, and this has really only been within the last couple of years that I've thought about this, and this show has actually helped me come to this conclusion, I think that it was more like paranormal activity that she caused from the turmoil that she was going through more than an actual haunting. Um, myself, I don't think it really ever affected me from a uh, depression standpoint. But my depression came strictly from uh, You know, I, I, I go in detail in the book that I went through a divorce, lost pretty much everything that I had. And, and to me, it was all my fault. Uh, the reality of it was I didn't realize it at the time, 
but once I got hit with, you know, my ex-wife telling me I don't want to be married to you anymore because I don't like the person you are, basically, without saying those exact words, it finally hit home after a little bit of denial. It hit home that, you know what, yeah, she's right. And then uh, to try to deal with, I've, I've lost completely seeing my kids on a regular basis like I have to being married to who I thought was my soulmate to having a commission-only uh, job at the time and not being able to function at work. Uh, that's hard to do when you're commission-only and you're not functioning and you don't make money. It just caused everything to uh, get worse on my end, and that's what caused my depression. Uh, so that I, I blame myself and my actions on 100% of what for. Rick, you, you look like you were going to say something there. Was there something you, you had for Terry? Uh, no, there was not. I, I apologize for that. I was just petting my dog. She was standing right next to me. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Hale. Which is standing right next to me. She wanted some, She wanted to be... Um, she wanted to be pet, but I actually know what I was going to say is it sounded as if you were suggesting that your mother's depression was um, causing poltergeist activity in the house or recurrent spontaneous psychokinesis. Yes, as William Rowe would put it, that's exactly what, uh, what right. it was. But no, I, I personally think, you know, learning what I have about that uh, and seeing that, I mean, when you think about that first incident, I told you that thing popping off the the television while she's on the phone with a prayer club. Now, originally you could look at that as, okay, something maybe evil or demonic, something in the house, didn't like the fact she's doing something religious and there's a response. But now mm-hmm. I look back and think, well, maybe that was just an extra outpouring of emotion at that minute while she's on the phone. And maybe that's what caused that. Maybe that's what's causing the sound. Because everything that happened in the house for the most part was true poltergeist type activity. You know, with the exceptions of maybe some of the voices being heard, you don't hear a lot of that with the paranormal activity. But most of the stuff was just stuff being moved. Uh, toys that were in a toy box would be on the floor, and you pick them up, and they're right back in the floor. Or right. the sounds of stuff moving upstairs. Um, that's classic poltergeist activity. So it's very possible that she did cause that. Well, yeah, I mean, it certainly sounds that way to me, um, Steve. You think there's, you know. Well, that's what was going on there? I knew that's what was going on there because I saw your mouth open and I knew exactly where you were going with that. That's why... See, I profiled you. See, watch it NCIS, buddy. It pays off. I profiled you. I knew you were going to call... You were going to pull that poltergeist card. That's why I said it. It is is my absolute favorite thing in the paranormal is poltergeist. We all know, Rick. God knows. Yes, I know. All we ever hear is psychokinetic poltergeist act, whatever. Okay. Let's get all I love, I love the poltergeist stuff, too. Matter of fact, on our live events, we're getting ready to do a live event next week, uh, next weekend in uh, St. Augustine. Mm-hmm. And uh, the stories that we're, that I, when I do a live event, I pick, like, pick one story and I use that for all the live events and then I'll put it out so nobody hears it. Time. But we're actually like doing the Dag family haunting up in uh, uh, Canada. And that's a that's a great poltergeist case that might have a little bit of uh, other paranormal mixed in, but for the most part, I think that's an excellent story. When you were asking earlier, some of my favorites, that's right there. Most of my favorites probably involve poltergeist. Now, Jerry, yeah. when, you know, you you do you you kind of got ahead of me here, but um, you do conduct a lot 
of events, successful events. You, uh, you, the, the cruise thing is just amazing to me. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute, but when are you going to come down in my neck of the woods, man? What about the Brentwood Wine Bistro, buddy? Do, do one there. That would be awesome. Well, and, and you're close enough. That's the, the, the thing of it is, you know, for the years, we both had regular jobs. So mm -hmm. to go to some of these places and have to bring all the equipment with us, we have to drive, and it makes it tough. So if you go to some place like when we went to New Orleans, you know, that's a whole week's vacation for both of us. So then everything else has to be really close to you, where you can just hop and drive for a day or two. Now that we do it full time, it gives us a few more options. Because, like, this year, we're going to St. Augustine this week, but we're stopping in Charleston for a couple of days. And we're going to stop in Savannah. And then, but we're only doing the events. We're doing a, uh, a live event in St. Augustine, plus doing a, a uh, investigation of the lighthouse, a private investigation the night before. So that'd be cool. But then next month, we're taking off to Galveston, Memphis, and uh, Dallas. and awesome. doing stuff. So, Wow. Yeah, we, we love it. So tell, tell people about this, this cruise, man. Is it, you know, I don't, Rick, do you know anything about this? Have you heard about this? I do not, so this is okay. going to be new to me. So, and, and I want our listeners and viewers to, to hear about this, because you still have openings, correct? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's hear it. So, so, like I said, what we do in our normal event, uh, like the St. Augustine event coming up, we sell X amount of tickets, depends on how, how many people we can fit in the place. In this case, it was 60, because that's uh, all it can hold. We've sold that out already. We come in, we're, we're like this one we're doing with uh, guest podcasts. That's when History Goes Bump are with us. So we'll both do live versions of our podcast. We'll have a meet and greet uh, where people can come in. They take all as many pictures and stuff. We don't charge for any of that. It's a $20 ticket in this case. And people get to just come hang out with us basically for three and a half, four hours. And we do live versions. We'll do a QA and a And then we just hang out with everybody and sell merch and let them take as many pictures and stuff as they want. So we thought, well, maybe after we do eight or nine of those every year, maybe we could do something with a cruise. When I was doing comedy, I was able to do a comedy cruise 12, 12 13 years ago. So I thought maybe we could do that with the paranormal. So I got with my, my guy who set my comedy cruise up years ago and said, hey, we want to do this. And uh, we, we started off booking. He said, let me set aside 16 cabins. And, and uh, so I said, okay, let me get with, I got with my friends with Ohio, uh, their podcast up in uh, more of a comedy type podcast out of Ohio. And I got a friend that does a true crime podcast called Mysterious Circumstances, uh, Justin Rimmel up in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. And, and then uh, another podcaster named Shane Waters, who's actually was the guy who found the identities of some of the redheaded murders and was on Nancy Grace and a few other big shows. So I got with these four guys. I said, hey, would you be interested in going on a cruise so I can get you, you, you guys a discount to come on because you're going to be performing. We'll do a live podcast event where all four of us do a live version of our show. And then maybe we'll have like, uh, you know, some meet and greets and stuff along the way, a cocktail party and stuff. And they're like, Hey, let's do it. So we announced that we were going to do this. It's a four day cruise to the Bahamas, leaving out of Miami next September. So we, we introduced this, I think, back in February. So it gave people a year and a half. They could make payments on the cruise and stuff, so they don't have to pay for it up front. Most of the rooms are, the, uh, the rooms are without uh, the balcony. They were going for, I think, 700 bucks for two people. So 350 bucks a piece, you know, you guys could 
come on a cruise. And, uh, and you could make payments on it. I had a year and a half to get it paid for. So people were like, damn. So when it was all said and done after we announced that, it, it went over way bigger than I thought. Those 16 cabins they set aside after the first three months, we'd already uh, sold 85 cabins. And uh, wow. we've had over 200 people sign up for the cruise already. Wow. That is awesome. That's phenomenal. Yeah. So it'll be fun. It's going to be a paranormal cruise. So you'll get to come on a cruise to the Bahama and you'll be able to, to sit and uh, watch a, a one night of the show. will be nothing but about four hours of podcast. We're going to have a day before where we're going to have, uh, an, an, I think two days before, it'll be an hour-long cocktail party that the cruise has given us for everybody who's part of our group to come in. When we go to eat uh, at dinner every night, our group, uh, whoever is part of us, we got our own section of the dining room. So you really get to, to spend three to four days doing all this. And now we're trying to set up some excursions when we get to the Bahamas. There's a bunch of haunted places there to maybe – uh, set up an excursion to go check out one of the haunted places while we're there. So it's going to be a four-day nothing but paranormal, but at the same time, it's not going to be so jam-packed that you can't enjoy all the other stuff about the stuff that we make. Sure. What, what I like about it and what impresses me the most is this is uh, turning out to be a very successful event, and guess who it doesn't have? None of these fucking par. Oh. I said fucking. None of these paranormal fucking... I did it again. God fucking damn it. Oh, never mind. You know what? It has none of these paranormal celebrities. You know, it's usually the paranormal celebrities, the Zach Bag... That's, that's all you see. These people everywhere. These are the events to go to. See, I like seeing more of what, what Jerry's got going on here. Yeah, I see that too a lot, where you get these events where it's like, it's the same people over and over and over again. It's like, how many times can you listen to the same stories? But this, this is this is excellent because you're 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 injecting new blood into the uh, into the paranormal field right now. Well, I think the key to it was, you know, each one of our four shows has a decent sized listener base. So the re- and and we also these four shows that we've all done shows together. So our our listener base is also inter intertwined with each other. So there's a lot of people out there that listen to all four shows. So, or they'll listen to three of the four shows. So for them, it's like, okay, so let me get this straight. I'm getting a pretty damn good deal on a cruise by itself. It's a good mm-hmm. price for the cruise. Our best rooms, uh, the, the balconies with the, the doubles and everything are going for like $1,300 for double occupancy. I mean, so you're getting four days to the Bahama plus all this included, all your meals and everything for 1300 bucks for a four, four-day vacation. It's a pretty cool setup. And people were like, you know, so I get this cruise, I get to go to the Bahamas, and I get to see three or four of my uh, of some of my favorite podcasters all at the same time. It just works with all of us promoting to our crowd. Very cool. Yeah, I, I really like that idea. Well, you noticed he said that, uh, you know, the very successful shows are what has made this cruise successful. You, you see, we weren't invited, Rick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> People are still like, Shadow Initiative, who? Well, he wants people to go. He, do- he doesn't want to scare them away. But with that being said, let's let's take our final break. When we come back, we've got a few more questions for Jerry. We're going to learn a little bit more about the man known as Jerry Paulus. So you guys, stick around. Do you have proof of the paranormal? Want to see your story and evidence showcased on our show? 
email shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com with questions, comments, your paranormal stories, evidence of the paranormal, or just anything you'd like to see on our show. Your story and evidence may appear on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. That's shadowinitiativetv at gmail.com. All right. Guys, we are back to Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV. You are joining Rick, Stephen, and Mr. Jerry Polly. We've been having a great conversation with him. And now comes the time where we want to ask, Jerry, how do you feel? And you can go on as long as you like. Or you don't have to answer the question at all. Um, <laughs> how, how do you feel about the current state of paranormal entertainment? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? And uh, versus the real people out there doing it. What are, what are your thoughts on all of that? Because it's divided. It's a house divide. Yeah, it's the paranormal field in general right now, because uh, obviously like you, probably 60% of my Facebook uh, friends are in the paranormal field. It's a lot of bickering, a lot of fighting, a lot of uh, backstabbing. And I hate that. I hate that. I, I mean... I, George Shoplin is a, is a good friend of ours. I love that he preaches pure unity all the time. And I think that's what needs to be more out there right now. I mean, my goodness, we got, I think the latest poll that I've seen said only about 40% of Americans believe that ghosts exist or in the paranormal in general. So we're already kind of in the minority. And if we're, if we're going to be, whether it be podcasters or paranormal investigators like you guys, authors, whatever, if we're all going to be in the same field, we need to all band together. Uh, mm -hmm. I've always said that about podcasting. You know, podcasting now everybody knows about, but five years ago when we started, uh, I think it was something like only 30% of, of adults had even listened to a podcast. Well, now with all the big names out there, the Joe Rogans and, you know, the Howard Stern's doing podcasts, Dr. Phil's now doing a podcast. Hey, I'm a big believer in, in a rising tide raises all ships. I don't care who out there gets the name out about podcasts. That's, that's going to eventually maybe cause somebody to find us who wouldn't have found us. And uh, so, I, I, you know, I don't see it as competition. I see us all as being in the same shape. And it's the same thing with the paranormal field. You know, are there people that I don't really care for? Yes, there are. Um, and, you know, I've said it a thousand times. I'm not a Zach fan. I, I don't like – I don't know this person. Don't know him as a person, and I'm not going to criticize him as a person. But as a an entertainer, as a paranormal investigator, uh, I don't like his style. I don't like his antagonist uh, way of, of of hunting. The constantly calling out the spirits. I'm a big believer that there's spirits out there at, at a location. Those spirits were people at one point in time, for the most part, and they need to be treated with respect. And I don't think he does that. Uh, obviously, I've had Nick Cross on the show, and I don't think I don't think Nick takes that approach. I love that I've had uh, Grant Wilson on the show. I know Grant definitely doesn't take that approach. And some of these people, you know, some of these people are very classy, and they won't say anything bad about another person. But you can kind of know they're probably feeling the same way as, as we do in some of these. And but um, yeah, I, I just I, I don't like any of the of the ghost hunters on TV. Mm -hmm. that you can tell are more or less trying to 
bring all the attention to themselves and show what a badass they are, when in reality they're probably, you know, pussies. Well, you, well, I, go, go ahead, Rick. I was just going to say, I mean, the three of us here, this is like, like you mentioned earlier, Stephen, this is a round table of paranormal investigators, but we're also a round table of old school ghost hunters, all three of us. So, you know, if you would have said to me back in 1995 that one of these days this would be a cultural phenomena, I would have laughed at you. I would have been like, this is, this is too fringe to ever go into the mainstream. And now we do have it in the mainstream. And like with most everything else, there's a lot of ugliness that has entered into this because of things like politics and, you know, things like entertainment. Um, you can't say anything bad about anybody that's on television and as soon as you do man you are immediately blacklisted i mean i know i myself i've been told that i am on lists of that you know do not play well with other lists so um it it, it does happen and it's really unfortunate yeah and, and you know one thing i was going to say is you know jerry jerry mentioned paranormal unity and, and mm -hmm. I'm not going to lie, Jerry, Rick and I did a show on Paranormal Unity, and mm -hmm. we pretty much slammed it. And, and we, we didn't slam it for the idea of Paranormal Unity. We, it's a great idea. We slammed it for, you, you know, what it's actually become. You know, it, it, like, he, like Rick just said, if you go against Zach Baggins, you're hated by the paranormal world. Well, if you go into a, a paranormal unity group on Facebook and tell somebody they've got dust in their picture, you're hated by the world. You know, so mm -hmm. the paranormal unity is a fantastic concept. It just needs to grasp science. Science and truth does not care about how you feel. And, and I think that would make it better because we do all need to band together, like you said, Jerry. But in order to do that, you've got to kind of put your feelings aside and, and look at things objectively. Would, would you not agree? I agree a hundred percent. I can't tell you how many times I'll look in these paranormal groups on Facebook and somebody's posting a picture and it's just like, Hey, what do you see? What do you see? And it's like, I mean, you keep, they want, they, the question is, what do you see? But they really don't want the answer unless it's, Oh, that's your dead brother. You know, right, it, yeah. it can't be, it looks like there's a light anomaly going on there, or it looks like that there, that could be an insect. I saw one the other day that was clearly an insect flying up to like a uh, uh, one of these outdoor doorbell cameras, and, and it was obvious. It was, but it was like, and I saw, I just read, and some people said, "Oh, it looks like it's just an insect," and then it's just they get attacked for saying it's an insect. It's just, it is crazy. It is crazy that that everybody has to pick a side. It seems like these days, and nobody wants to listen to objectivity. Yeah. See, and it's funny that you say that because there was there was one group that I was involved in, and uh, somebody had you know the the red circle around whatever it is that they were trying to point out, and I'm looking at it and I, I can't see it, and I suspect what's going on is pareidolia. So I answer, I was like, well, if we could, if we know one thing from all of this, that you know, random red circles appear in nature, and uh, I. I, I got a few laughs on that, but man, did I ever get a lot of hate from people. You know, wow, you, you can't see this person standing there. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm telling you, it's pareidolia. There's nothing standing there. Because you get a lot of other people who are like, no, I don't see that there. 
but you got this red circle around it. So, but yeah, I know what you're saying. You get you get a lot of hate when you try to stand up for truth. Like you know, like Stephen said, truth doesn't care about your feelings. Yeah, I don't. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't even comment on anything anymore. I stopped I doing it. Yeah, it just it doesn't do any good. What my opinion is, because my opinion doesn't matter because half the people are going to agree and half the people are going to say I'm full of crap. Absolutely. Well, Jerry, with that being said, we we have come to the portion of our show that Rick likes to refer to as shamelessly plugging. So, Shameless self-promotion. Before I let Jerry plug himself, you know, I love saying that. Um, <laughs> uh, guys, make sure you do check out the, the website Hillbilly Horror Stories. Uh, it's, it's essentially a hub for all things Jerry Pauly. Um, it's got all the stuff for the crews on there too. It's got all the information. It's got links to show you what the rooms actually look like, videos of the room. It's got all the costs involved for the different rooms and uh, uh, contact information. So if you're curious about the crews after hearing this, that's where you can find it at. It's got its own little tab. What, what else? What else you got going on, Jerry? Anything new? Anything you got up and coming? Uh, obviously, we've got all the live events, which are also there. So, like I said, St. Augustine this weekend, there is uh, a few tickets left for the Lighthouse Investigation Friday night. I don't know when this airs. It might be passed by the time it actually comes on. But uh, we've got uh, live events in Memphis and uh, Dallas that still have tickets available. And we do Bobby Mackey's, which is one of the most haunted places in the United States. That's at the end of October. So there's there's uh, information for all that up there. Obviously, the books are still on there if you want and. uh an autograph, personalized copy, I can do that, or you can pick it up on Amazon. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's the fun stuff. I do want to uh, add in before uh, anything else. Uh, we take a lot of pride at the beginning of our show talking to people that might be suffering from mental health. And uh, mm. I, I think that's something that, that's probably been our biggest uh, stretch of, of beyond our imagination of pride that we could have ever done. We, we get people call or send texts or messages to me or my wife literally almost every single day needing help. Uh, and by needing help, just talk. And uh, we, we give that out. We give, we've given our phone numbers out on our website. Anybody ever wants to contact us because they are struggling and need somebody to talk to and they don't feel like they have friends or family, we will talk to them. Any time of day, uh, doesn't matter call us but also we turned our facebook group which is 5200 members right now into a perfect perfect support group yeah we do a little bit of stuff on the show but we put most of the fun stuff on uh, for show related stuff on our regular facebook page which got almost 20,000 followers right now but on our facebook group 5200 people you can't get into the group it's private unless you say you're okay with listening to other people's issues and willing to help. That's part of the, the way to get in. But it doesn't matter because there's people all over the world. If you sign on and say, hey, I'm really struggling with something, you'll have 30 comments within an hour of people willing to talk to you. And that's our biggest accomplishment. We mentioned that in the book. Um, and, and I do want to say about the book real quick, Stephen and, and Rick, just so people don't think this is just a paranormal book, this book is in three parts. The first part is my paranormal experiences. The second part is my divorce. I struggled with depression in my suicide attempt in uh, March of 2001. And then the third part is how we use 
uh, my battle with depression and, and how I got better uh, to start the podcast and, and move that into the podcast and, and help people to the podcast. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're not just a paranormal podcast. We're also a podcast that tries to help people that's having some mental stability issues, uh, depression issues. And the book is set up exactly like that. I advise the book for not necessarily people who are wanting a paranormal uh, book. There's some of that in there, but that's only part of it. It's mainly to show people, look, to me, and this is my word, and I say this in the book, I was a piece of shit at one point, I felt like. Uh, Some people might not have agreed with that. I was a horrible husband. I was a horrible father. No, I didn't smack my wife around or anything like that. I've never laid a, a finger on a woman, but I was verbally abusive. And uh, I just was not a very good person. And this, and I had anger issues. And this book, I, I tell about how, the, how I went through different counseling, how I went through different types of medication, and how I eventually uh, was able to overcome a lot of these depression and how I still battle depression. Because I don't want people to think that it's just something that goes away by taking a pill or goes away by... It's something once you've got it, it's like alcoholism or drug addiction or anything else, you've got it the rest of your life. And it's, but how do you cope with it? And that's what this whole book is about. I wanted this book to show people who are struggling, you know what? This guy who I didn't know before Hillbilly Horror Stories that I think is this great guy on the air that does all this work for charity and stuff. I wanted people to know that that great guy that they might look up to right now wasn't always a great guy. And if you're not a great person now, you can become a better person and this book shows you how I did it and hopefully gives people hope that they can do the same thing. So that's the, that was the goal of writing the book. I gotta be honest, Jerry, right now you are really one of my favorite human beings on the face of this planet. I told you, Rick. I told you, man. Yes, you did. Thank you so much for all that you do. I appreciate it. And I do, I do want to say, I I was going to say earlier, um, but, but you said it because I didn't know how deep you wanted to go into it. Um, that your book is kind of like a biography in a way, not all parts of your life. Um, right. But that's what I walked away with. Like this, this was a certain path of his life. It's not just a paranormal book. And that is something I really enjoyed about it. The other thing I enjoyed about what you just said is how a pill won't make it go away. Believe me, I try every week. Rick's still here. <laughs> just kidding. I'm a figment of his imagination. God knows. Uh, you don't want to see those. But, Jerry, we want to thank you for coming on, man. You're, you're, thank you. You're a wonderful wonderful person, a talented person. Look, next time we got to bring both you and Tracy on. That would be fantastic, I think, just to have you both on, have a nice, nice big long roundtable discussion about the paranormal life. Just, just all things. And guys, make sure you're checking out Hillbilly Horror Stories. You're not going to be disappointed at all. So with that being said, Jerry, we are going to cut you loose, my man. But thank you again, Jerry. Uh, we greatly you, appreciate Jerry. you hanging out with us, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the invite. All right, my man. I'm going to cut you loose, Jerry, and we'll be talking at you. Okay, buddy? Later, brother. Later. Thanks, Jerry. Hey, my friends, catch up on Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV at our official website, shadowinitiativetv.com. Watch the show, learn more about the hosts, and read our paranormal blog, shadowinitiativetv.com. 
You can also find us and subscribe on YouTube at youtube.com slash label13videos. Interact and like us at Facebook at facebook.com slash shadowinitiativeparanormaltv where you can find endless videos, full episodes, paranormal talk, and so much more. Okay, and welcome back to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal TV with your hosts, Stephen and Rick. Man, Stephen, I got to tell you something. I was not lying when I said that. Jerry is easily one of my favorite human beings at this moment. Uh, you know, suicide prevention, the, the um, um, cancer stuff. It, it's just, it's all, you know, he's definitely a truly great human being. I absolutely agree. You know, he, he's somebody, you know, I've been on his show. And every time I get off of his show, I'm thinking, I had a really good time just talking with him. Yeah. You know, and just some people are, are just genuine human beings, and he really is, and he's got a lot of talent, and, and mm -hmm. uh, it's awesome that he's in a position to to help people, and he's getting an audience, and it's not even for celebrity status, you know? Right. You know? Right. So, I, I mean, I just think that's great, man. Yeah. Yeah, and I, and, 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 and I love the fact how he does these events, and he gives, you know, in, you know, tries to inject new blood, giving people a chance, and, you know, and, and that's what a lot of people need. They just need that one chance, and he gives it to them, and I think that's wonderful as well. Yeah. So with that being said, Rick, what's, what's next week's show, man? I, I know we're going to talk about some crazy shit in the news, man. Some crazy okay. shit in the news. I saw a cop car, high-speed chase, chasing mm -hmm. the criminal. And that yep. criminal's car fucking vanished. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, that's, you, you, you see the video and you're just like, whoa, where did it go? And, uh, you know, again, I'm no video expert, but I don't think you need to be a video expert to see this video and be like, okay, it doesn't look like anything was edited there. So, yeah, that's going to be great. Well, I've already debunked it, but we'll talk about that next week. Oh, okay. And how I did. Um, what, what do you got going on for Ghostwatch next week? So next week we're going to be taking a look at Cornwall's Prideaux Place. It's a it's a, a beautiful old home um, in Cornwall, which is in the United Kingdom, and it is extraordinarily haunted. And some people believe that it's not just ghosts that are haunting this place; that there is there may actually be an inhuman entity that is stalking the halls of Prideaux Place. So you know we'll look a little bit more into that in uh, Ghost Watch. I'm looking forward to that because, as my wife will tell you. I am a huge fan of fucking chicken wings, and anything that comes out of Purdue Palace has got to be good. It's got to be. It's got to be. <laughs> Pre-dough place. Oh, Pre-dough. Is, is that like Play-Doh? Pre-dough. No, Before it's not like Play-Doh. Play -Doh, is it Pre-dough? And it's not like Purdue. No, it's Purdue. Okay. Well, we also, next week, Rick, we're going to talk about the fashion and fad of the paranormal uh, field. Yes. It has definitely become a fashion and a fad. You know, especially with everybody and their team. That, you know, lasts maybe two or three months. But, man, they sure have got some sweet-looking T-shirts to sell. Oh, well, yes. It's, it's fantastic. And we're going to talk about these paranormal non-profit groups. We're going to talk mm. about that. And a really cool topic. I, I just recently read a paper um, from a parapsychologist. His name's Ken Drinkwater. Uh, okay about old books do old books mm -hmm. make you see ghosts so oh i thought from one author that. to another that'd be a great topic so guys we got a great show. i mean we, I, we just had a great well show. you know what it may not be it may not be books when i'm reading yours i think it's just they put me to sleep 
Oh, uh, Norman. <laughs> that's, that's great. So, uh, what are you getting ready to do, buddy? Uh, actually, when, when we get off, I promised my son that I was going to take him to the Lego store. Love the Lego store. Yes. Tons of fun. Yes. What are you going to build? Are you going to build like a 300-piece version of me to have like sitting around? No. You know what? One of these days, I really hope that I can own that haunted house. You see that that Lego haunted house that they sell? That thing is friggin' awesome, dude. And it would look great as a Halloween decoration. That would be fantastic. Yeah. So that's what I got going on the rest of the day. That's exciting for me. Always spending time with, with, the, uh, with the monster is a good time. So with that being said, guys, we are out of here. Thank you again for tuning in. You can always catch up on all of our old episodes. If you're new to the show, just go to shadowinitiativetv.com and you can watch all of season one. won't cost you a thing other than your time. <laughs> that you'll never get back. That you'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, guys, we are guys, out Steven, of here. You know how to sell us. <laughs> You know, I'm an honest guy, you know? So, guys, until next week. See you next week. Thanks again for watching, and thank you again for Jerry for being on the show, a truly uh, wonderful human being. All right. We are out like a boner in sweatpants. Oh, man, Stephen, that's a... What, is, is that going to go on the... That's better than yours. Stay spooky out there, or whatever the fuck you said last week. All right, man, I gotta go.